Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It seems every major organization with the ambitions out of this world are aiming for Mars. But why? Follow me down the rabbit hole to find out. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Danny, and today we're talking about Mars. This is a little bit different. So I am working on an episode for you, and it just was not complete and I can't give you this episode without it being like fully done and it might end up being a two-parter unknown but so this episode that you're going to listen to I recorded almost a year ago for my Patreon when I had a Patreon um I I did this a few months ago with the moon episode so same concept here I had a cold when I recorded this so I apologize for the sound of my voice but it's a really good episode. I thought I would share it with you because I don't want to leave you guys hanging. Plus, you're going to get a bonus episode in two days because I am dropping an anniversary episode. My very first guests were talking about UFOs. So come back for that. Enjoy this Mars episode. And I cannot wait to give you the episode that I am working on. So Mars, if you don't know about Mars, I'll, let me tell you. It's the fourth planet from the sun. And it's known as the red planet or the rusty planet. And Mars was named after the Roman god of war, which I didn't know, but they named it, uh, like they named, the Romans named Mars, Mars, because that was their god of war and Mars is red. So it looks like blood. So that all lines up, makes sense. It's the seventh largest planet in the solar system and about half the diameter of Earth. So it's measuring in with a radius of 2,106 miles. Um, for reference, the entire diameter is about the size of all of Earth's continents put together. So if you, you take out all the water and just put the continents together, that's how big Mars is. It's small. Um, the gravity on Mars is 37.5% of Earth's gravity. So not as strong. If you've ever seen, I know I always reference like movies and shows and stuff. I don't, I swear that's not all I do, but we've watched a lot. Um, John Carter and he's like on Mars and he's jumping around. It's pretty accurate because gravity here is much stronger. Mars rotates on its axis every 24.6 Earth hours. Although in another source, it was 24.9 Earth hours. So somewhere between 24.6 and 24.9 Earth hours is how long it takes Mars to rotate on its axis. So National Geographic says 24.6. And then Ancient Aliens and uh, Michael Barba, who is an author, says 24.9. So I don't know. They both seem pretty reliable sources. So anyway, moving on. So their day is called a soul, which is short for solar day. Because Mars is further from the sun, a year on Mars takes 
669.9 souls or 687 earth days to complete one full year. So it's almost almost two years of our time is one year of their time. And the axis of rotation is tilted, which helps to provide seasons similar to what Earth gets. So their seasons are longer than our seasons are because, I mean, their year is longer than our year. So any given season can last up to 194 souls or just over 199 days, like Earth days. Could you imagine having summer for 200 days or like winter for two? I feel like winters last forever anyway, but like spring and fall, like, right. We have all this like basic fall stuff, but can you imagine fall lasts for 200 days? Oh my gosh. That would be, I mean, I would never take down decorations. They would just stay up forever. <laughs> um, anyway, Mars orbit, Mars's orbit is less circular than Earth's, which causes things to be different. So the northern hemisphere has longer spring and summer than fall and winter. So that would mean that the southern hemisphere gets more fall and winter than spring and summer. Um, just because it's more like an oval orbit, which makes sense. It's nice to have something a little bit different than our planet. At two specific moments each year called the equinoxes, both hemispheres receive equal illumination from the sun. So it would be basically like when fall and summer or spring and summer are are done and it's turning into fall in the northern hemisphere and it's turning into spring in the southern hemisphere and they get full sun exposure the exact the exact amount on both hemispheres. That's the time that I mean I guess something similar happens here where basically like the whole planet gets the same amount of sun light, like sun, sun hours for that day. Like, you know how like it's winter time now. So we get less sun during the day. And then in summer we get longer days of sun, same concept. Anyway, n normally whichever hemisphere is tilted closer to the sun experiences the spring and the summer while the hemisphere, you know, tilted away is experiencing the fall and the winter. There has been clear evidence that billions of years ago, lakes and rivers flowed all over the planet. And now, I mean, now we know Mars more as like a desolate planet, more kind of like deserty. Although it has some pretty severe like temperature swings, but we think of it pretty, you know, desolate. It's, it's not got a lot of water. And if it does have water, it's frozen or it's under the, the crust of the surface. But back in the day, you know, billions of years ago, it had lakes, it had rivers flowing, and it was actually like a liquid form of water, not an ice form of water. So it was in the liquid stage. Actually, it's like Mars used to look very similar to what Earth looks like now. So if you can imagine like basically two Earths, Mars was smaller, but it had lots of lots of things happening. It had all these greenery, the shrubbery. It was a beautiful planet. As we can tell from like our rovers and different things. And we can basically recreate the planet as what it once was looking at what we have now. Today, Mars ranges from about 70 degrees Fahrenheit down to as low as negative 225 degrees Fahrenheit. But it does average out at about negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So totally, totally 
whether you could go out and you could live there, it's fine. I wouldn't, but like, I don't know, you probably could if you wanted to really bad. And the water that is currently on the planet is mostly ice, which makes sense because like it peaks at 70 degrees, but it, if it if its average is negative 80 degrees, it's not getting to 70 degrees very, very frequently. Let's be honest here. So if it does have water, it's going to be frozen. And when it gets to 70 degrees, it might thaw maybe, but it's going to freeze basically right away, right away again. And there's also some like ice caps as well. But most of the water that we know of is under the surface of the planet. Although there are no plate, te- plate tectonic systems on Mars. I didn't know this. So I actually learned quite a bit about Mars doing the research for this episode. But there's no plate tectonics right now. Although it makes me wonder if maybe there was such a system. Like maybe there was a system like our plate tectonic system. Because Mars is home to some of the highest highs and lowest lows in the entire solar system. And these types of mountains and valleys don't just make themselves. Well, I mean, not not on our planet. They don't make themselves. The plate tectonics. Excuse me. I was messing that up earlier. That's cold. Like I said, I'm a little stuffed up. So I'm, t- I'm saying things a little weird. I apologize. But our planet, we, we have mountains. We have valleys. We have these things because our, our plates, they shift underneath the surface. And they cause these growths or you know the they cause earthquakes different things on our planet well mars used to be active so i'm wondering if they did have plate tectonics like billions of years ago when they looked like the earth or when mars looked like the earth but right now it doesn't however mars is home to olympus mons which is the largest volcano in the solar system and the volcano is no longer active, but it was active at one point. And it stands about 16 miles high or is like three times as high as Mount Everest, if you would like a reference. It's it's big, but also it stretches for a long period or for like a, it, it covers a drastic portion of the planet. And so it it's 16 miles high, but it it goes up and up and up and up and up for a long time. It's not just like 16 miles straight up. Um, the core of Mars is made of iron, sulfur, and nickel, which is thought to have made the protective shield for the planet in its earlier years. And the crust is also made of iron. And that combined with the small amount of oxygen that's found in the atmosphere creates the rust on the planet, which is why it looks red to us because it's rusted. And scientists believe that some sort of life is still living on Mars. And at some point, maybe a lot more life was on Mars. And that's what we're here to talk about. Maybe it was our life that was on Mars. Do we think that Mars is our ancestral planet? I know. Really riveting stuff because there's there's actually a lot of evidence to suggest that maybe it is. So many species have an like an instinctual urge to return to their place of birth, right? So animals all over earth, they migrate for different reasons, food, weather, to breed, whatever. And scientists like still don't fully understand like how animals know where to go and when to leave, especially like some of these animals have never made this journey before. And they just like know where to go, like how to get there when it's time to go, it's very, it's very interesting, actually. It is suggested that maybe, like, there's some sort of 
something that's telling them or showing them where to go, like the sunlight, the earth's magnetic field, or like some chemical cues that might help them find their way or tell them it's time to go. But animals do this. And every year animals do this over and over and over. And it's amazing. It's such a beautiful thing to watch. Well, this leads to the question, why are we so obsessed with getting to Mars? Like, could Mars be our ancestral planet and our place of birth? Like, as a human species, is that where we come from? And I'm not trying to take away from any religion. That's definitely not the point of this podcast. This is just me speculating here with this conspiracy. So, four billion years ago... Mars, like I said, was much like Earth. At some point, it lost its magnetic field, and then solar wind stripped the planet of its atmosphere. So it's no longer really inhabitable by humans, or really most species, just because there's there's nothing there, right? And and we've sent rover after rover. We've and we're obsessed with getting there. Everybody wants to get to Mars, right? And it's been forever. We've we've talked about Martians. We've talked about going to Mars for years. Like, this isn't a new phenomenon. Well, there's a little bit of evidence to suggest that maybe we did come from Mars. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y dot And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Our most precious asset is our time. So many people wish they had more of it. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? But no matter how short you are on time, you will always find a way to fit in things that are important to you. Therapy can help you identify the most important things in your life and prioritize them. Life can get away from you and it can be hard to take back the reins. Whether you need to learn how to set boundaries, become the best version of yourself, or even break generational curses, therapy can help. The best thing about BetterHelp is that it's totally online so you can fit it into your busy schedule. We don't have an extra hour in our day. So not having to commute to therapy makes it so much more convenient. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist after filling out a brief questionnaire. And what's great is if you don't mesh well with that therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional fee. You don't have time to waste. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash rabbit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash rabbit. In fact, so like I mentioned er earlier, author Michael Barba said, quote, when astronauts actually go into space, their circadian rhythms, their body clocks change from 24 hour days to 24.9 hour days. And that happens to be the exact rotational period of a single day on Mars, end quote. So in fact, in many people here on Earth, the circadian rhythm is closer to 24 hours and 11 minutes. So just so you can compare, on, on Mars, one soul is 24 hours and 40 minutes. And so having that like off circadian rhythm, it's not that far off, like 30 minutes. But it's, it's definitely interesting that when our astronauts go into outer space or go to in the International Space Station or they go in orbit... 
their circadian rhythm instantly goes back to this 24 hour, 40 minute cycle. And that's so interesting to me. I just feel like, like, shouldn't your circadian rhythm take a minute to kind of like get used to whatever? Like, nope, they go right into this. It's like, like, that's what we're supposed to do. You know, it's like somebody that works nights and they're normally up all night working, but they switch back to days. It's like their body wants to be back on days and they can switch so easily, but switching to nights was really hard. I'm wondering if that's kind of like the same phenomenon here. So Barbara also says that our inability to be in the sun without getting sunburnt is unnatural. So unless the earth has changed dramatically in the last thousand years or so, our skin was meant for different types of sun exposure. And we also need sunglasses to protect our eyes. This indicates that our eyes are not properly adapted to the sun on this planet. Dr. Ellis Silver has a book called Humans Are Not From Earth, where he explains why humans came from Mars. Imagine that. So he suggests that certain vulnerabilities we face on this planet is because we're not supposed to actually be here, such as like slow childhood development. And he doesn't mean like certain kids that just develop slower than other kids. No, we develop appropriately for what we know for this planet. But if you look at animals, like animals, puppies, for example, are only with their moms for eight weeks. Lots of animals come out and they're already able to walk. There are, they, you know, they have to drink from their mom's milk for a long time or not a long time, even like for a while, but not that long. Like, like I said, puppies, it's eight weeks that they have to be with their moms and they're not drinking from their mom the whole time. They are most of it, but they're weaning off towards the end and then they're gone. As humans, we develop very slowly compared to every other animal, every other species on this planet, which might might be because we're not supposed to be on this planet, right? Um, A heightened susceptibility to illnesses. We get sick all the time. For example, I'm currently sick right now. But we also get a magnitude of diseases. And yes, animals get diseases and they get illnesses. But when was the last time your dog had a cold? I keep going back to dogs because that's the the animal I know the best probably. But like my dogs don't get colds. They don't sneeze. They don't get stuffy noses. Like, yes, they can get cancer, but they don't get colds. Like it's just, it's interesting, right? Um, Also like spinal problems and difficulty giving birth. Both of these things he kind of, you know, attributes back to not being from this planet. Um, Travis Taylor, who has a PhD, explains how recent studies in sports medicine shows us that our body makes two different types of fat. So there's a good fat and there's a bad fat. Um, the study shows that if you bring the temperature in your house or wherever down to about 60 or yeah, 67 degrees, you create the good fat, not the bad fat. So if you're creating fat, you want to create good fat, right? And so if your house is at 67 degrees and that's what you're in most of the time, you're going to create more good fat than bad fat. So near the equator of Mars in the summertime, it is about 67 degrees Fahrenheit. That's typically what the temperature is. That's today. So back when the planet was more alive, the temperature might have been more regulated around that 67 degrees more frequently. And I don't know, and and he didn't really have a specific answer for that either, but he kind of, he points to that, like, because Mars is colder than the Earth, 
67 degrees would be almost like a hot day. But when it when there was water and there was life on the on the planet, 67 degrees doesn't seem, you know, doesn't seem that bad. And also, us as humans, like we like 67 degrees. Like when it's 67 degrees outside, I'm happy. This race to Mars just seems to be such a pool. And as we explore space more, having a base on Mars makes a lot of sense. Don't get me wrong. Like we want a good solid like place where we can stop. We can go and explore more and we don't have to come all the way back to earth because there's quite the distance. Right. Um, and like the moon, Mars has these giant tunnels or tubes, I guess that would, they're like lava tubes and they would make really good hideouts. And that would shelter like our astronauts from solar winds that we often see on Mars, as well as like the extreme temperature swings. And I mean, Although it would be nice if Mars could return to its former glory, this would mean we would have to revive the magnetic field of the planet. And this is not an easy task. Like you, It's like reviving a magnetic field. So at Sun-Mars L1 Lagrange point, there is like a weak field, about 2,000 Gosses. I think I'm saying that right. G-A-U-S-S. Goss. Gosses. Um, if they can somehow figure out how to make the magnetic field stronger, so make it about 10,000 Gosses, then it could help in getting the magnetic field kind of back up and running. So just for a little background, uh, Lagrange point happens between any two large like gravitational objects in space. So such as the sun and earth, the sun and Mars in this case. So, and each object has five Lagrange points. And this is where the direct gravitational pull from each of the objects basically cancels each other out. So a satellite would be suspended at a Lagrange point without needing thrusters to basically hold it in, in the spot. And that's why, like, at that point, if we could put something there at that Mars-Sun-L1 Lagrange point, we could potentially get the magnetic field back up and running. But we somehow have to add, like, 8,000 Gausses to this. And I don't know what a Gauss is, but I don't know. That that sounds like some 10-pound 10, 10 brain thinking to get this magnetic field back up and running. And if we can, I bet we could get Mars back to what it was, but what caused Mars to be here? Like what caused this giant thing? Why would Mars, if, if this is our ancestral planet, why would they send us here? Like they knew something was happening. They saw the planet basically like destroying itself. Are we going to do the same thing here? We didn't leave ourselves any, like, I don't know, directions as to not kill the next planet. I don't, I have, I have a lot more questions. So, and then here's a good question do we have an agreement with the actual extraterrestrials? Because in my research, I found Haim Eshed is the Israeli space security chief, and he's been that for 30 years. He claimed that a secret underground base already exists on Mars. Apparently, American astronauts and ETs are already working together on this base on Mars, and they have been for years. So Ashed claims that the Americans have signed an agreement with ETs a long time ago. And this might actually coincide with the stories about President Eisenhower in the mid-50s and maybe like the Roswell incident. 
I don't know. I I added that last part, the Roswell incident, because I found all these things about President Eisenhower, you know, and he there were some stories that he like had an agreement with ETs, um, but I don't know. And there there's a guy according to Philip Schneider, who was a structural engineer with a high level security clearance. Eisenhower actually made a pact with three alien species, but. I don't know. Like this is right around the time that Roswell would have happened. And just so you know, Schneider who made this claim that Eisenhower made this pact with aliens. He actually died later under very suspicious, suspicious circumstances. So that, that makes me think that something is, there's a little bit of validity to what he was saying because they don't just like kill people for the fun of it. They typically kill people that are not doing the right thing or that are giving away secrets that should not be given away. So the fact that they got rid of this guy, I'm just assuming that they got rid of him because he was saying that Eisenhower made a pact with three different alien species. And this was all around the Roswell incident. It makes me wonder what did we find out during that? And I'm going to do an episode on Roswell and like the aliens. I mean, come on what good conspiracy theorist doesn't believe in aliens and actually who doesn't believe in aliens anymore like it just doesn't make any sense like there's you can see them in the sky i've literally seen anyway not the point the point is do we think that mars could have potentially been our ancestral planet something happened to that planet and now we live here and i mean like i said earlier i'm not trying to take away from anybody's religious preferences or anything that you believe in but i am gonna kind of mess with it here just just as like a theory i love to kind of theorize right so what if they did create the human species or we are some part martian or maybe we are exactly what the martians looked like i don't know i'm just whatever and they put us on this planet and then they came back to check on us to make sure like we were doing right on this planet before mars had actually died and that's kind of where the God theory comes from. And then they, I mean, technically they would be our God. It would just want to be the God that we perceive in like most Christianity based or Catholic based religions. I don't know. I Just a thought, just a, just a theory here. Just trying to uh, theorize with you. So yeah, that's it. That's, that's the whole episode. Mars, man, what's going on there? And I mean, it's a good point because we do want to get there so bad. Everyone wants, like, every major billionaire, every major, like, country, everybody wants to get to Mars. Like, why did we stop going to the moon? Like, what did we find on the moon that we were like, nope, we're good. We're going to stay away from the moon. We're just going to, like, jump straight to Mars. You don't think we're going to find something weird there, too? Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, again, I apologize that I had a cold the whole time. But next week, we're going to talk about Valiant Thor, which I'm going to mention. So we have a bonus episode coming on Friday. So February 2nd, 2022 is when I launched The Rabbit Hole. That is our anniversary. So I try to give you guys an extra episode on that day every single year. So last year you got a, a bonus episode this year, you're getting a bonus episode. So come back for that. And until then, my friends stay skeptical and I will see you all soon. Hey friends, the rabbit hole is an independent podcast with everything you hear done by me, Danny Mercy. 
I appreciate all of your support. Please rate and review wherever you're listening. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at rabbit.holepodcast. And thank you, Zakar Valaha, for our awesome intro. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.